Hey everyone, this is Mike. Today I have Ian Simmons from KickSeat.com, Pat McDonald from Hollywood, Chicago, and Don Shanahan from Every Movie Has a Lesson On, where we talk about the future of movie theaters part two, a continuation of a uh, of that very conversation that we had back in August. This one's not as light as the first one, I'll just say that. Having said that, uh, I want to thank my sponsor, Galway Bay, located at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. Obviously, you can't go to the bar right now because of uh, 2020. So, with that said, I would like you to go on their dual drinkware page. You can find the link and info to that page there. On there, you can get their glasses, you can get uh, little cup holders, you can get t-shirts, all those sorts of things that uh, really brings the room together anyways having said that sounded fucking horrible i try to do a big little don't don't do that cliche bullshit where you try to quote other movies and you think you're fucking clever don't do that all right learn from me anyways uh enjoy the episode and uh hope you like it hello everybody and welcome to you'll probably agree today we are continuing the epic depressing saga of the future of movie theaters. I have Don Shanahan from Every Movie Has a Lesson, Ian Simmons from kickseat.com, and Pat McDonald from Hollywood, Chicago. I'm Mike Crawley from You'll Probably Agree. I think a lot has changed since we last talked about the future of movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, we were very optimistic uh, in some ways. Uh, how, how is everybody's level of optimism now? Ooh, on a scale of one to 10, I'm <laughs> down to like determine? a four. Yeah, I'm down to like a four out of 10. Like, I, I don't four know. Is, four is still pretty hopeful, though. Yeah. I got to say. Uh, I think yeah. we'll get into it, but like, there'll always be a place. But man, I'm seeing some things lap it by, you know? Yeah. I, when it was, just, when it was just, that? It has to be determined by how this disease plays out, this virus thing plays out. Yeah. And right now, there's no optimism with it. No, I mean, not with bankrupt with companies, this, you know, this uh, vaccine coming. Yeah. I mean, even with the vaccine, uh, it's going to be a lot. There was a uh, multi-million dollar relief bill that's been pitched to Congress that uh, Chuck Schumer got behind. And I know there was actually, of all things, a Republican uh, in Iowa named Kim Reynolds, who took the Save Our Stages concept, which is the name of it. And uh, he uh, basically uh, put down a proposal that all Iowa th theaters, local and owned and national, each receive a $10,000 allocation uh, from federal aid received by the state. Uh, but still, that's, you know, here's I what that know. is. Here's what that is. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's it's it's <laughs> yeah. not going to do much. Ten thousand dollars to pay the concession bill from April and May. Yeah. I mean, you're losing. I mean, that's why most of Regal Cinema's theaters have closed down because, you know, it, it's more expensive to keep it open than to leave it closed. Mm -hmm. So at this point uh, and now that they got rid of there was a New York judge that pretty much exterminated the paramount decrees that we've had since a year ago. Uh, 1948 mm -hmm. and now with that basically sony 
can yeah. release only their movies and Disney can release only their movies. So now you can literally have Sony execs yeah. and Disney execs just fighting each other outside the theater over Spider-Man. So well, you've got a, you've yeah. got a two year, you've got a two year sunset period on those decrees. When they, um, when the motion went through in August of this yeah. year, you got a two year waiting period where they stick. And then, so mark your calendars for around August, 2022, when, studios and maybe by then can come to the rescue and buy out your amcs and your regals and slap a disney logo and a warner brothers logo on some places put a gift shop in the you know in the lobby and now your disney store that used to be at those closed shopping malls is now a working theater and gift shop at the same time and a destination for families and date night maybe in two years when some of this blows over because until then they can't but for now they can sure plan and postulate yeah um well what really depressed yeah, I, don't, me I don't know was, how i feel about what that really I, depressed me is when the uh music box went down again i mean yeah. it's just like they were the ones that were really careful about following all the protocols and even they couldn't stay open yeah so yeah, yeah another reason where optimism is down well the 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 plus side about the music box this time is that back when this first hit and they had to close down in the spring, they had not yet uh, discovered and perfected the drive-in model. Now, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how successful these things have been, but I know that they are doing drive-in holiday movies. And the first couple of nights, I think of It's a Wonderful Light, uh, completely sold out and they're doing White Christmas. Um, so that's that's hopeful. I don't know, again, if that's sustainable to keep staff during this you know, yeah. weird time or where that money's going. I mean, I'm not implying that it's going to someplace bad. I just don't know once they rake it in because they have to have the venue and you know they have to pay for the drive-in thing, how yeah. much of that is extra to go to keeping the music box and life support. I don't know if I'm that jazzed about the idea of each studio or whatever having its own movie theater because yeah. unless you have like movie theater center i don't want to have to drive from one to one part of town to see a disney film and another yeah. to see sony yeah. and plus you've got all the indie studios do they each get a theater or do they have a conglomeration of like it's the a24 neon theater <laughs> in which case i just see eventually things going back to consolidation and then you're just doing amc again in you know 2030 yeah yeah. I, th I think the thing I'm noticing, even with the drive-in model, and this is something the music box I think is getting right, other places not so much, is price point. You know, you have an economically challenged society right now. You have a lot of people uh, in work, out of work, between work. Um, you just hope they can have some scratch together money to go enjoy some time in a movie. And you see, like, I know we just got done with the Chicago International Film Festival. And those, I know that's a festival screening and it's meant to be exclusive and it's a different crowd. But when those drive throughs are 60, 80 bucks a car, yeah, John Q family members are not paying that to go see it. 1994 is the same lot. You know? <laughs> Yeah, well, or, especially because they're not showing the Sandlot there. They're they're showing no. you know one film festival movies, right? Which is you know you can just even something like the Music Box could justify sixty to eighty dollars a car for a family for White Christmas because yeah. it's a family film. It's a classic. You could like I'm going to take the kids to see this movie. No one's going to go see One Night in Miami with their five year olds. No. Yeah. So then it just becomes okay. Me and the hubby or me and the wife are going to pay forty dollars a pop to sit in a car and watch a movie that's going to be on demand in like three weeks. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody. Everyone's trying to do what they can to stay alive and vibrant, but it's just at a certain point the market's going to speak and be like, "You know, got to find some other avenue here." That'll be the that's the tip. 
and the the drive-in that that's more for like an experience and not for the movie like if people actually want to watch the movie the last thing you want to do is sit in your car with this crappy metal speaker that you hook up to it and and try to hear the movie through that or god forbid the way the music box has been doing it i couldn't hear anything when i saw one of the movies there because they wanted to they basically said, like, bring your own radio so you could tune into the station, essentially so you don't kill your car battery. And yeah, basically, I never got that. You know, putting it all over the radio will, yeah, when your car is, and how you stay warm. Yeah, right. Like, that it too. works in July. We're in December. It, that, that's going to yeah. seasonal fade here. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird I seeing. I have a car. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like when i see people going out to eat today they're like in these weird inflatable tents and i'm just like do you really need to go out and eat yeah, that badly i think people are dying to go back out well and yeah i mean some some people are i i was talking to my mom today she has literally left the house three times since march and it's driving her crazy yeah um you know yeah. as and especially as we get into these colder seasons you know I understand the pandemic and the need for health, but we also have a, I think it's going to be probably, I'll hazard a guess to say a larger health issue yes. is people going stir crazy during these winter months. Oh yeah, but that's why it keeps getting worse because people are just ignoring it. Yeah. I, I saw a thing about a, uh, a, uh, a healthcare worker who said she cries every time she goes on the street because her hospital is dead full and she still sees people without masks shopping and, you know, and they're just spreading it. Well, I mean, that's, that's two separate issues because there are people who are responsible and they go out with their masks and all that stuff, but they're also, but that's when they to do go out the and they're fatigue, afraid to. The fatigue is real and the fatigue is, I don't give a damn anymore. So, yep. you know, take your risks. And I mean, the, the thing is, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be honest if I were to say that I didn't have my moments where I was just like, you know, screw it. I'm going out. I mean, I did have one moment where I did go to a bar because and then went to a friend's place after because I just snapped and I just said, fuck this. Like, I need to go out. And of course, the next day I was having full blown panic attacks that I would get coronavirus. Uh, the girls place that i went to we had friends it wasn't like i was you know, getting a one-night stand or anything wasn't that lucky uh but uh like found out like a month later she got covid but you know she was bar hopping all the time i did it on one occasion but it's like if i'm snapping and i'm the guy who's like mr health sanitizing all the time wearing two masks in public like imagine what the average joe is going through mm -hmm. well i mean I partially it's joe. Well, but partially it's a matter of, I think, mixed messaging and, and we're not going to understand any yeah. of this for decades, you know, the, the yeah. full impact and, no, and what happened of it. But I mean, honestly, you know, I've had conversations with my wife. She's like, cause I go out and I do all the shopping and, and stores and stuff. Cause I'm, I'll say less risk averse um, because I, I understand what I'm dealing with. I'm masked up, I'm sanitized yeah. and all that stuff. But she's like, I'm afraid to go out at the stores. You know, what if something happens? I'm like, well, if it were, you know, I'm going to proceed with caution here. If it were really that plague bad, these places would not be open. The businesses mm -hmm. are taking as much precaution as they can. And f to the extent that there are people out at bars, you know, who are not masked, that's the responsibility of the bar owner to say, you're not coming in here. Yep. Uh, you know, people yeah. can be as liberty minded as they want and go out in public without masks. That's their choice. 
if the state wants to get involved and have troopers on the street corners telling them to go back inside, which we've seen in some places, uh, then they can do that. But as long as places are still open, people are free to go out. Well, I'm going to say something that's not going to be a very popular opinion. A lot of my friends will probably want to kick my ass after saying this, but I don't like it when, and you know what, my, my, the podcast I listen to called Positive America, these guys are former Obama administration officials. These guys are, are, are as liberals as it gets. And I completely agreed with something that they said, which is that the, the doctors uh, have been giving this very sneering, condescending attitude to the public where they say Christmas is canceled and Thanksgiving is canceled and you can't go anywhere. And, you know, they said that everyone going to the beach was a horrible person for doing that. And it turned out that going outside wasn't really that dangerous. And the thing is, people need mitigating, they need a, a way to mitigate this virus where their lives are still livable and going out and shaming them and telling them they can't go places. Guess what? That's just going to encourage them to go out. Yeah. You know, God, uh, what, what if you have terminal cancer, you know, and like this is your last Christmas? You don't care if you get COVID. You just want to see your family, you know, and then when you're going on stage and then you're you're putting on a big fucking Oscar performance and crying when you hear the COVID numbers like the main doctor in Chicago did. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not professional. And you're just going to uh, damage the movie industry even more because there are certain ways people could still go out where they could still maintain their lives. Yeah, I, it, the hard part is the sustain. Like Ian said, the sustainability of the, the venues themselves, like at half capacity or twenty five percent capacity, and for the chump change they're trying to charge. Because you you've seen the, I mean, when the little when we had some windows of theaters opening back up, take the smaller venues like Classic Cinemas out here with the you know the Tivoli and Downers and the Lake and Oak Park, like they would put on their little classic movies for like five bucks, and yeah. but five bucks at half capacity, partial showings you can't keep the doors open for that. And, yeah. and, and yeah. I don't know what that looks like, like that that's mitigating risk and they're doing their best with what they can do, but it, it's hard to make money back. And, and those are on old favorites that don't have to make money anymore. But yeah, I just, I don't know what it's going to look like when they get this figured well, out. The one <sighs> other thing I want to bring up is that is the model of uh, video on demand releasing on Disney plus, et cetera, et cetera. Is that going to become, expected in a sense i wish that, it would well yeah. yeah of course i mean it's much yeah. easier to stay at home and watch everything yeah yeah but i'm just saying that how will that help the theaters open up again and when won't. you have a, a big chunk of your audience saying well screw that i don't have to get in the car i don't have to do anything make sure that movie opens vod yeah. Yeah, i got i got a I got a 4K TV and a sound system, right. you know, like, like right. people are like, I can get loud enough in my den at home, you know? Yep. And, and when the government comes into it to kind of go there, like there's no, there's no bonus or incentive for movies being around for the government. They're not the auto yep. industry for a bailout. Like this is liberal Hollywood. Like they don't need rescuing the way that other industries that are more economy drivers need rescuing and that's not the movie industry so that bailout schumer or not just ain't going to come and not so much that but what when you have this model and the uh and the um, companies themselves are relying on it what was the most successful um on demand release this year 
Anybody know? Uh, extraction, I thought, was number one. Well, that was the most viewed was thing it? on Netflix. But like you're uh, talking about revenue and money, probably trolls. About revenue. Trolls too. Uh, who I trolls think. Trolls Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for ruining the movie industry, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, the expectations. Well, to Don's point, I don't know. I understand your point about the significance of the auto industry, say, versus Hollywood. But Hollywood isn't just movies. It is the ancillary industries that support the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the people who uh, build theaters, who run businesses that supply concessions the people who work on movies you know from the the actors down to the lighting technicians if all those folks are out of work and there's no immediate industry to replace them it's not like if you're a truck driver and you get laid off from your job because of consolidation you can go and get another you can go get another trucking job somewhere or a transferable industry like chauffeur or something like that but with hollywood it's like if here's a good example disney you know, they had an abysmal earnings call. They announced they were laying off 28,000 people, I think. And then yeah. this week they said, oh, and we're adding another 4,000 because no one's going to theme parks. So right. it's 32,000 people, you know, just right now. And well, as we were talking it- about at the top of this, we're not through this yet is even yeah. with the vaccine, because once it's perfected and approved and people can get it without any kind of, you know, weird side effects, then you have to distribute it to folks. You have to deal with you know, the part of the population that's not going to get it or not going to get it right away. How do you deal with that in terms of opening things back up? So we're in for the long haul and yeah. that might just be another year, might be two, but it's going to be a while. And some of these industries are just hanging on right now, throw that out a year. What's it going to look like? Yeah. yeah are we going to have a March tournament again? Let's, let's go to like sports. Is there a are they going to be able to put know. anybody in a venue screaming their lungs out for something? No, I don't think so. Mm. I, I see you. <laughs> say, I, you know, I like I, the I way so. I like the way Ian said it with um, transferable industry. You know, the the little guys don't have one. You know, the big people almost don't have one either. But if the only thing that's likely transferable, and this is maybe where a big point of where I think, like, because we're on future part two here, is that's television. You know, television doesn't need brick and mortar. Television doesn't need venues. You can you can socially distance on sets and mask up like some, you know, they've continued production on television. That's where you're going to see talent and workers flock. And the good part is we're in a golden age of television where there is so much of it. There is opportunity for it. And talent's been going there anyway. I mean, when you look at like just Apple Plus kind of jumping on the scene with what is it, the morning show, and you have Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, you have you have A-list talent doing television because of two things. One, it's available. Now, that this is all pre-COVID with morning show, but one, it's available. Two, it's longer work and it's a better paycheck, uh, especially because you're not chasing evaporated theater earnings anymore. Mm-hmm. Watch television. I know you know, movies have survived against television for 60 years or more, but maybe this is the place where television starts to lap movies because yeah. there's no risk to sitting on that couch over there and f- turning on a great show. And now you get eight episodes of it and the buzz of it. And look at, look at the Mandalorian, look at Queens Gambit. Look at all these shows that are the water cooler talk of talk. No one's going to the water cooler talking about Tenet. They're going to the water cooler talking about Queens Gambit and, and Mandalorian because there's more of it. It's available. And in a lot of places it's cheaper. That 13, even with, even that extra buck, even that $13 a month Netflix price beats 
a $60 drive-in movie and a third, you know, taking the family for 40 bucks to the movie theater once when you can replay that stuff on television for ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I, I also want to bring up that um, I was talking to Des Dugan this week, the director of Happy Gilmore and a bunch of those comedy oh, shows. Movie. He started oh. off in TV in the 80s. And he said back then there was a Berlin Wall between working on television and working in the movies. Mm -hmm. And he said there were some there was some crossover. He got lucky because all the movie people thought moonlighting was quirky. So he he directed <laughs> that and that's how he got his first movie assignment. However, he says now the tide is turned. Movie directors are actually waiting to get into TV. Yeah. And, Look at uh, Fincher the last six years. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. It's just the irony of that. Just he says is just just kills him. It's it's he uh, went both eras. Yeah, I remember from my personal experience uh, when I lived because before I was a critic, I was a filmmaker, and I still am a filmmaker. You know, well until I get real money for it, I'll consider myself a filmmaker. Uh, but. When, it, when we were in L.A., we were taking this program on television writing and everyone said television is a writer's medium. Television is the future. You know, the theater is going to become a fossil. And basically, we are going towards that direction. And to Don's point, yeah, you're getting A-list talent on this stuff. And Disney has said that they are exclusively looking into streaming, you know, so if you think about Disney, who are the, the empire, they are the empire that they like to paint as the bad guy, but they are the empire and not in a good or bad way. It's just, you know, it, it's a sound like Trump. It is what it is. Um, no, but the, they own this industry. And when they're saying that they're going to switch to streaming, that sends uh, volumes to everybody else as to where everything's going to go. Because to them, they're thinking, you know, let's just invest in all this TV stuff. You know, we can make stuff like the Mandalorian, which is changing the future of television. I mean, the, the visual effects in it are on the same level as a television show. You know, the, the acting, everything. It's like people are more thrilled to see the Mandalorian, to see all this TV stuff than to see, uh, you know, th these movies brought to a big screen. When all this stuff sort of, when, when this vaccine's available for everyone and is fully tested and all that, we will probably see a reconstruction of the theaters, whether it's by the companies themselves or it's an AMC, what have you, it'll be there, but uh, we'll have that. But it's going to be much smaller. I think it's going to be a more niche audience and most big releases will be uh, through streaming and maybe over time things will go on the big screen again if there's demand for it but for right now the movie theater just seems like a novelty it seems like something that you know cinephiles like us would love but overall uh it's it's just stupid to, frankly to release anything on on a big on, on a big budget screen and movies will be on a smaller budget too because of that I'm all for that. Like if yeah. we can go back to the eighties and nineties where we had the disposable, smaller mid mid market industry where movies were 40, $50 million at most in budget. You had that one stellar star and an up and coming talent kind of thing. Like, yeah, that was the bread and butter of the nineties. Yeah. You know, um, you look at a movie like you just find discover tell like LA confidential. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a best picture worthy movie that had 
you know, a couple of name actors and then a whole bunch of, you know, unknown up and coming guys that have since become great things. And that movie couldn't have cost more than 35, $40 million. And, it, and that, that kind of budget you can make back on a POVD price mm-hmm. on a, what, you know, on a drive-through price on, you know, the small or a half theater price, you can make that money back. But when movies have become too big to fail, like when Wonder Woman cost $250, $250 million to make, and then who knows what marketing to make up, or you hear the haircut they're taking on Mulan right now, like, <laughs> you know, there's, there, and they had no idea this was going to land and happen, but at the same time, they're stuck with some things they don't know what to do with. And they're going to have to either, I think the sooner they eat these haircuts and move on, the better. And I think you said it, Disney's the one that seems to be ahead of the curve the most like they kind of knew like hamilton all right they kind of knew all right this isn't gonna make in theaters let's make you know put a cherry on top in july moon let's try to put a price tag on it see what happens soul art has already landed here it will land here in december they seem to be giving up the quickest mainly because they have their own shingle and their own service to put stuff on and now that warner brothers has hbo max ramping up you're gonna see wonder woman bring in the subscribers like crazy and that'll bring warner brothers as a little place to put their stuff and let's see what nbc universal does with the peacock network is that going to be the place where everything universal goes because the crazy thing is all these studios we think of as studios are still owned by bigger things you know you know we have comcast and nbc and or i'm sorry like you know um viacom you have these big companies that still own what we think are already big companies but it's bigger than that so I don't know where this is all going to fall. Now, a couple of couple of things. I think, um, you know, Mike, you had, you had said uh, you were talking about the Mandalorian, and we talk about this every week on our recap show. Uh, how it looks like the movies. Yeah. Now, I think a, a big change in the attitude is a long time ago you'd say, "Oh, I'm getting out of the movies and going to television." Television implied a certain thing, like, "Oh, it's you know, a couple of cameras. It's it's a lot of like." static headshots cutting back and forth mm-hmm. you know simple sets but with the mandalorian you've got these state-of-the-art special effects amazing sets great costuming um the kind of thing that we talk about like i wish i could go to a theater and see this on the big screen because mm-hmm. it feels kind of wrong watching it on my phone or on the television um so that's kind of cool um as done my only question again this will bear out we'll see probably the results of this probably next year because the numbers will come in assuming we actually get to see them from these studios uh with hbo max and and wonder woman and the upcoming snyder cut uh we saw a bit of this with the mandalorian seasons one and two people sign up for the free weekend you know Mm -hmm. after the show's over because they there's so much content probably on the services they do pay for netflix hulu always adding stuff that they can say you know what i'll just wait eight weeks I'll sign up for Disney plus watch the Mandalorian all on a weekend and then cancel and never pay for it. So you might get a lot of people signing up. I don't know about people sticking around. Uh, I don't have HBO max. I've heard good things about it's about it's offering. Like it's got an amazing catalog, but I don't know if there are people who are going to be subscribing to that and then maybe canceling Netflix and Hulu because like, I've got everything I want on HBO max, you know, this, yeah, I wonder that's the big joke about how cable used Cable used to be so expensive, but now everyone's mm-hmm. paying so much for the a la carte that they're paying more than cable. Yeah. And I and Disney Plus, we're year in on Disney Plus, where if yeah. that was the if that was the test, like let's see what one studio can do putting everything they have under one roof, what would happen? And the argument I get on Disney Plus is they don't put out enough new stuff. Like mm. because you could take a month and binge 
all the cute stuff you wanted to catch an old TV show and the old cartoons and on the right month, go get the one thing that's new that you want. Whereas, you know, Disney plus can't has not produced at the speed of something like Netflix where Netflix has shit four new movies a week, five new shows a month. Like they keep that, you know, they're now they're throwing billions of dollars at that stuff. Their production budget, I thought was $18 billion last year, something like that, where you they're putting, they know to keep people coming, you got to give them something new, not just, you know, drop a few extra movies that you've, you know, got the rights for from other studios. You got to bring something new, new. So they've done yeah. that and they've mastered that. Disney hasn't yet a year in. Like they got the Mandalorian and they got your movie or two here and there. But what's the other regular show Disney's put out? Nothing, yeah. You know? Aside from the nostalgia, you know, you don't really have much that they offer. Same with Amazon, HBO. It's just, I think that's the best deal you can get. It's an HBO. Yeah. Because you got like the whole Warner Brothers catalog too, you know. Yeah, if they can close up that silly DC channel and just fold it into HBO Max, <laughs> you might as well maximize that yeah. price more. Yep. Yeah. Nobody even wants DC you, you, channel. It's funny you say, Don, because it wasn't until you were talking just now that I realized I can't think of the last time I watched a regular movie on Netflix. It used to be Netflix, you know, back when they were just the DVDs through the mail, like you would go and like, yeah. oh, I can rent any Amazon movie essentially through Netflix and they'll send me a disc. It's great for catalog titles. But now when I go to Netflix, I'm just watching series that I like or original movies when it comes yeah. to, you know, I, I want to watch Smokey and the Bandit or something like it doesn't even occur to me that that's probably somewhere on Netflix. <laughs> And Netflix. Right. The place I go for catalog movies more than anything, uh, maybe it's because of what I'm bought and what I shop. Amazon Prime seems to do that the best. Like, yes, they seem to have the catalog covered. They don't have a lot of original stuff. Um, they'll throw a Jack Bryan out there every now and then or uh, a small original movie like, you know, Troop Zero or something, but not a lot, you know, not nowhere near the Netflix volume. Hulu's even worse, but Hulu's going to get yeah. absorbed soon because. Disney bought ownership stake in that. And I'm just waiting for that. Jeez, I didn't realize in. that. When Disney bought Fox, the chunk that they had in Hulu and the chunk that Fox had in Hulu, they have ownership control of Hulu. Well, that makes sense because I've got mm. the Disney Plus bundle. So I get mm -hmm. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN, which I don't watch. Yeah, um, yeah. So, But I'm wondering, so now that Disney owns Hulu, if... Well, now they'll just keep it the same price. <laughs> There's no I, need to pay for two services under the same no. umbrella, but they won't. They won't care no. about that. If, if they were if they were smart, that Hulu would be where they dump all the stuff that's not PG friendly for Disney Plus. Like put yeah. everything Fox at Hulu. Put all your Touchstone picture stuff that's darker than Disney. Go put it on Hulu. Well, I'd heard that like this week they were so... talking about doing an 18 plus Disney, like a Disney Plus 18 plus thing they i don't know if that that's... name i know where you can find <laughs> disney porn if you like that you know let's that's, talk off it's mic. called hentai sidebar, sidebar. hentai, hentai. <laughs> <laughs> oh. samuel jackson's really into it uh <laughs> why would he not be Allegedly. i mean why not you know it's the weirdest okay anyways um but yeah, did that that makes sense with Hulu because I was like, all right, I'm getting Hulu because they're starting to release this stuff, and I have a feeling that they're gonna start producing more and more content that I really uh, appreciate. And Disney's buyout of that makes sense. Now I know where New Mutants is gonna go because Disney doesn't want that on their you know, here Hulu. Just, just get get it away. <laughs> uh, but 
Oh, poor if they were smart, movies. they would just open up the old shingles. You know, they used to have ownership stake in Miramax. They used to have, yeah. they used to do what was a Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone. You mm. know, they had their, they had their shingles where they put the PG 13 and the R stuff. They should just do that again. Now, if you don't want to put it on Disney Plus, you bought Hulu, go throw it on there. You know, that I, one, I'm, I'm sorry, because they're burying Fox stuff. You're not going to find Alien and stuff unless you go rent it from iTunes, you know. Mm. Now, I'm wondering what's going to happen to, first off, we already decided Fusion Movie Theaters are dead. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I just was, think TV is going to pass them. Yeah, I, there's, uh, it'll, be, it'll be more of a, uh, it'll be a novelty hobby thing. It'll be a music box theater. It'll be a Gene Siskel Center, you know, uh, Logan Theater, to name all the Chicago places, uh, Chinese Theater in L.A., um, when it comes to ownership of movies, when people buy them, you know, if they want to own it, I remember Amazon said, well, you don't really own the movie. It can be taken away. So what's going to happen uh-huh. to physical media? Cause I still love and appreciate physical media. I bought my grandmother for Christmas. Don't tell her uh, a uh, Blu-ray player. Uh, so then, cause she always has to navigate all this stuff. She's in her nineties. She doesn't know how to do this. So I'm like, okay, here's a Blu-ray player. Pop the DVD in because she has all these DVDs, but she has this DVD player with like the old yellow uh, uh, RGB connection. That's not RGB. I'm sorry. The composite component. Composite. Yeah. Uh, components, uh, RGB actually, but composites, the uh, yellow, white, red. Uh, components, oh. red, green, blue. Uh, so uh, to get technical... But, you know, she has like an HD, so it looks like shit on that TV. and She barely uses it, you know, so I got her that. She could pop the disc in, play it easy, right? Is that still going to be around for people who like physical media? Is there a big enough market for it? Or are we That's all just yeah. – Because when we, when we talk about the home theater experience, you ain't going to get that for streaming. No. You're just it's you're never going to get it no matter how good it is cuz the volume on your home theater is always way lower when you put that movie in uh you know through streaming but you pop that disc in you get that crisp clear orgasmic quality you mm-hmm. know that replicates I, uh, a movie theater. We all use our TV speaker and I swear the dialogue is so low mm-hmm. and, the, and the soundtrack is so extreme mm-hmm. that you have to sit there with the remote and go up and down during the movie, or you're yeah. going to drive yourself insane. And I've tried working on the balance in the in the TV speaker itself, but it doesn't seem to work. They even have an option that says dialogue up front, but it doesn't work with the streaming stuff. So, well, a couple a things. Nightmare. Well, I think physical media is going to be around for a while um, because it's so it's so cheap and people are still buying it. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Black Friday sales, uh, you know, I haven't bought anything in a while, but I'm looking at even the four because 4K has sort of surpassed Blu-ray in terms of popular. You go to Blu-ray.com and like the little banner that features everything that's on sale. It's all like 4K Blu-rays now mm-hmm. for like five dollars, ten dollars. You know, the stuff that was 30 or 40 bucks a couple of years ago is now dirt cheap and Blu-rays even cheaper. Can you uh, play a 4K in a regular Blu-ray? Uh, no, no, but if you get the 4K discs, most of them come with a Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, much as early Blu-ray was doing the thing where you'd buy the Blu-ray and it would come with a DVD version so that, you know, if you had a DVD player, but you were going to get it later kind of a thing. Um, so that's nice, but a couple of things that digital streaming is starting to catch up with physical media is 
some movies offering special features online where you can buy, like it'll That'll come help. with a commentary, come with a featurette, or you can buy it kind of a la carte. I think that's going to be a big difference. Like once streaming fully catches up to that, uh, then I think physical media is kind of in danger because it's not just the idea of having something to put on your shelf. It's all the extra stuff that you get mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, I could pay $15 to stream a movie or pay $15 to get the physical copy and get $40 worth of extra material on that. Right. Um, as far as the limitations of streaming though, and the volume and, and all of this stuff and also you know, buffering or you know hitches and things, I think as we go along, eventually we may see the death of physical media, but I think we'll also see the rise in the proficiency of the streaming technology to keep up with it and to become uh, seamless. I mean, if you talk about uh, when we first started streaming movies, people were like, oh, this is garbage. It's never going to be that great. But now we can stream things in high definition for yeah. comparatively an unbroken viewing experience, except for, you know, nerds like us who are like, God, if it has to stop like twice in this two and a half hour movie to buffer for 30 <laughs> seconds or 10 seconds where it's, it's, it's got to throw it all out. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think Mike said it best though. Like, the, the sneaky part that's going to keep physical media going is this illusion of ownership that Amazon is talking about. Like if you don't really have that copy, like if you can't take that digital copy, put it on your computer, put it on your device or whatever you keep it, you know, if you don't actually get to keep it, someone's going to call the 1999 for a digital copy, a big ripoff. And they're going to go back to a nice 4k disc because again, if those people who want that quality experience, nothing beats the blaze of that disc mm -hmm. so until you actually until you can actually own it and not just borrow it not just have a code that says it's in a file in a folder somewhere because we've seen some of those screening um entities kind of already fold like what was before like ultraviolet went away like did all of your stuff move to movies anywhere or voodoo if you transferred it but if you didn't you lost it yes itunes yeah. can get real picky too so until that becomes more permanent, that's the other catch-up I think is needed. Until you really feel more secure about owning it, nothing beats a disc. I'm, I'm still, but, but we're movie nerds. I like the commentaries, I like the special features. I'm right there with you. Yeah, like think of two things here. One thing is, like think of what happened with Dave Chappelle with uh, Netflix. He said, I don't feel comfortable having this thing on here. Take it down. Okay, they took it down. Who knows when uh, Chappelle's show won't be available on HBO Max anymore. I have the DVD of Chappelle's show. I've had it for maybe 20 years and I still have it and it still works. And the thing with these 4K players, even they upgrade to an 8K player or who knows what, they're backwards compatible. Yes. So you can, so if you still have a DVD, the crappy kind where it was like two sides and the menu looked like it was made on like Microsoft Paint or some shit, <laughs> guess what? It still works, and it and it still looks great. They you even upscale yeah. a little bit where it actually looks. Yeah, better. it looks even better. You can you try doing that with a with a with a link to something. You know what happens with internet links? Eventually, they break. Yeah, yeah. The the longest internet link I know. The, oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just don't understand the fact that you would pay whatever it is, twelve bucks or whatever. What I see on Amazon to own something. As as if you as if it's in the air somewhere, but you still own it. Again, the physical disc at least you <laughs> you have your hands on it and everything. 
my thing, of course, being a little older is I just want to purge everything. I don't want that crap in my house anymore. <laughs> now that I know I can dig digitally access it when I absolutely need to see something. So, mm. uh, you know, there's that factor about it. Um, that could be that could be some of the death knell of it too. People simply with the access to like you'll you'll though you'll get to a point where you walk by that collection and said Jesus I haven't pulled anything out of that in two years. Yeah. Mm. Why? Because you got everything on digital. Yeah. So who knows? Fair. That could be the death knell. And there yeah I, that that happens to me you know every few months especially you know, when I do get a disc, either it's like a, a screener from Shout Factory or something for review, and I add it to my collection, and I start running out of space, I'll go through and I'll be like, okay, these 10 movies, yeah. to Pat's point, I haven't watched forever. I, that's going to half price books. Um, right. the, the nice thing about the digital thing, though, is a lot of those movies, um, not necessarily the review screeners, but things that I bought at retail, they'll have the code in it. So I might have that on my movies anywhere account. So I'm not really missing anything except for the features on a movie I haven't watched in 12 years. I can go watch it digitally if I really care to, or worse comes to worse. I'm like, I'll, it's worth it to possibly pay $3 in the future to Amazon to rent it. If I get the itch, yeah. I want that shelf space for something I really care about. And if I, even for physical media and I'll advertise this cause I love it, but um, if you need a disc that bad, or you want to watch a commentary, the bag, go borrow it from the library. Yeah. Which yeah. We do all the time. Me and to watch some of the old stuff we've been watching. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. And not even the, the physical disc. Cause I, I did that uh, recently, but uh, you know, a lot of the libraries now have digital versions of the movies that you can check out, you know, yeah, these Hoopla, library apps. Canopy. Yeah, yeah. I love mm -hmm. Hoopla and Canopy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the, the next wonder I have with, um, with that is, uh, is piracy, you know, like as soon as you, these things land on VOD, someone has already scanned them and uploaded them and made them available yeah. that way. So there's, you know, there's some lost cost or some lost revenue to, piracy and until they find a loctite way of cracking down on that people not only can people wait to for something to stream they can wait to torrent it too so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we, i mean with we we also have the privilege of seeing things in advance we do. <clears throat> excuse me okay. we also have the privilege of thing, seeing things in advance but i have several friends who, who simply say i can get whatever i want you know, uh -huh. and have no compunction about, you know, as you say, uh, uh, the torrent bidding uh, process and doing it. They don't care. They like movies. They'll watch whatever they want. Yeah. And it, it, I sit there and I go, well, what are, you, what are they going to do about that eventually? <laughs> well, it was like George Lucas said, uh, it was in an interview with the documentary called Side by Side about the difference between uh, film and digital when that was the thing. Uh, George Lucas said it's like a shopping mall now. Whenever you try to get a movie, you could just browse through the aisles. I mean, it's incredible. When I go on Netflix or Amazon and all that, I'm so picky compared to the way I used to be. I'm just like, no, 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 no. You know, it's like it's like going through a blockbuster. Except in a blockbuster, you weren't as specific. Yeah. So I don't know, but looking forward, um. If movie theaters are to return, how would they re return? Would they just be the Sony theater? Would they be the Paramount theater and the Disney theater connected to the Disney yeah. store? 
You know, I think, I think with the, <laughs> with the, with the decrees lifted, I really do think that's a viable future. I think yeah. I can see completely, and then they got a two-year wait, but I can see Disney, especially if this lingers a whole nother year and, and things and the AMCs and the Regals bankrupt and closed where they just can't function. But Disney could say, you know what, if I open it my way and I connect a few more ancillary opportunities to my theaters and if everything's a couch that I space out instead of rows and right, you know, instead of packing it like a school bus, you make these big old comfy theaters, which was kind of becoming a little bit of the norm anyway. Like if everything turned into the Hollywood Boulevard in Woodridge, where you got <laughs> tables and chairs and, and you don't need all the food stuff, but if you space it out and you, you know, make things, you can still have a big screen experience six feet apart if you do it right. And maybe it just gets bigger. Um, but I think it, they also then cut out the middleman where they're, the, you know, the revenue sharing and capping just isn't there. Yeah. I think there's a place where that becomes the future. I think the other thing is, man, it just, to whatever, what Pat's been saying, you know, like until this vaccine shows up, I don't know. Cause I don't know how long you can ask AMC and the Regals without bailouts to make it. I'm stunned. The little stuff hasn't closed. I'm stunned yeah. music box, the will met classic cinemas, which is a smaller chain. Like I'm stunned. They're still hanging around stunned. Yeah. You know, the LaGrange is close to me and they're closed. The posters still show March on there. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I think I took a picture. I took it back in six months. Let's do this again. <laughs> we will. <Yeah>. Don't worry. <laughs> I took a picture of the Logan Theater. Oh, God, probably in July. And it was like the ghost. It was a ghost because it was all yeah. the March stuff. I, even on their marquee, even on their, they yeah. just didn't change it. It was sad. Yeah. I drove, I drove by the uh, AMC Village Crossing in Skokie yesterday. It was the first time I'd been out to that awesome. mall in a long time. And it's weird because every other marquee outside just had the, the, the long bulb lights in the frame. Uh, and then I saw a poster for a Robert De Niro, like kids movie. I don't know what that was or when it came out. I'm like, what the, it looked like uh, a newer grandpa release. Grandpa. The, war, the war with grandpa. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what it was. I'm like, what the hell is that? But, is that did he do bad grandpa before that? Like how many grandpa movies is he going to do? Or as more. Much, he has, as, he as long as they keep paying he has him. alimony payments, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> severe um, alimony payments. Yeah, those those uh those islands don't come cheap. I don't know if you own but you an know, island. But but to pick up on something Don said, it, it's very interesting because uh when I know like when the 600 North uh, Michigan Theater uh upgraded to the new fancy seating, and they like ripped a bunch of seats out of their yeah. you know, theater to make the spacious, you know, the bigger reclining chairs with the, with, so you could have like two or three people pass in front of you while you were reclined and not <laughs> bump anybody. Uh, I'm just thinking about like the AMC Cantura 30 out in um, not Woodridge, but you know, out in the burbs there, I used to go yeah. there all the time, like near Naperville, Warrenville, maybe, Warrenville. but yeah, uh, they could, it's a 30 plex. You could make that the AMC Cantera 7 and just like tear out a whole bunch of those theaters, yeah. make socially distance 100 seat theaters so that you could go see Avengers 7. Charge $40 <laughs> a seat. It'll work. Yeah. It, you know, but maybe, I mean, if, because that's kind of what we're talking about, there are going to be people much like the folks who are hanging on to physical media who are want to go, they're going to want to go out once it's safe to those big event movies and see them on the big yeah. screen as they are meant to be seen. Mm -hmm. And if AMC or those places can make it work by, you know, making smaller, uh, uh, smaller auditoriums out of their larger theaters and they don't just become ghost ships. Maybe there's something there. 
Yeah. Well, um, I think the theater industry will rebuild itself in a certain way, but we will only see big, the biggest of the big releases I on agree. the release date. You know, like Endgame was sort of the the final big blockbuster we had for maybe five years. And well, and the thing is, even uh, Joe Russo, uh, one of the directors of it, along with his brother Anthony, he said that uh, streaming's the way to go. So when the guy who directed the last big blockbuster saying that, you know where. Uh, so we well, have to I wait. Mean, that's where it's Starts, just. But yeah, this industry is going to go where the money is. Yep. And when Netflix is throwing the billions they can, and when, and again, it's the subscriber thing. Like instead of getting the one-time movie ticket, you get month to month twelve dollars, and it just keeps mm-hmm. coming in. And when seventy million people just you know subscribe for twelve dollars a pop, that's great money. That's where the money is. That's where the talent's going to go. That's where the business is going to go. Exactly. If mom and like if they want to make the theater viable, they'll probably experiment open up a little theater next to the Disney store. And if there are plenty of moms along with dad and little Billy going into the store and buying their ticket, then they'll say, okay. And then they'll start slowly bringing it back. But AMC Regal dead Uh, music box, I think would be alive because they have such a dedicated hardcore fan base that if they release stuff digitally, whatever, people will go and see that. I mean, when I went to their drive-in, it wasn't the best driving experience, but they're doing what they can with what they have. So, you know, God bless them for doing it. And, you know. Needlelander, dead. Yeah. Who's, who's that? <laughs> I was doing an Animal House riff. Oh. Um, okay. the I for Needlemeyer. Ah, it's see, way way. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. Concept. I've seen Animal House plenty of times, but I'm. I don't know what line by line or anything like that. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah. I mean, the I'm music box. Get it? <laughs> yeah, the music box. There, uh, it was 90 years this year. Is that right? Correct. Oof. So 19. yeah, that 1919. Uh, ah. So that means that they have survived 2019. the Great Depression. They've survived mm. world wars. <laughs> You know, yes. Uh, they're, they're resilient, and I think and so are people. So we'll, yeah, Reaganomics, uh, you know, the, still the surviving stock, it. you know, housing crash. You know, so there's there's still an appetite. There's still cinephiles out there. Uh, you know, just like uh, Bill Pullman said in Independence Day, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. <laughs> it'll, it'll be all right. Yeah. Today when you quote Independence Day. is movie theater day. Uh, Bill Pullman <laughs> quoted that in a in a bar, like in some video recently it was great it was awesome usually like literally a few drinks deep oh man i want to hang out with bill pullman right, so, <laughs> that guy's awesome yeah i love bill pullman <laughs> can we get bill pullman to share this episode <laughs> as long as he doesn't try and show me his serpent or the rainbow what <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. all right i didn't see that movie but yes i think uh that's i think that's where movies are movies are gonna have to rebuild itself you know uh, I think that uh, coronavirus sends uh, 9-11-esque catastrophe to the movie industry and we just rebuild it after that. Yeah, if we do this again in six months, that's when the next summer should hit. That's when the Oscars yeah. maybe will be done with in April. We'll oh, know, we'll see will, another and place. I, and I forgot to mention what, look at the movies that they keep pushing back for release thinking they're magically, things are going to get better. First off, I feel horrible for Denis Villeneuve because Blade Runner 2049, 
I I know a couple of people on here don't like it. You're wrong. Uh, it's a, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a uh, he made that movie. Didn't make a lot of money, but you know, got a lot of recognition afterwards. Uh, and you. then he makes <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. And the By Academy. <laughs> okay, he did win best cinematography and visual effects. Should have been uh, nominated green for more. Book. Sorry. Yeah. You just have to have five dollars worth of effects these days to get that one. <laughs> right. You're right. Dune, Dune deserves a big screen. Yeah, and then Dune is—it's not going to happen now. Not going to happen. And they I, keep saying, "Well, we'll push I, it back I, to November of next year." Which are? Uh, did they push it to November? Or did, did, oh, here, October first, twenty twenty-one, along with the Batman. Which the Dark Knight oh. will always be the Batman, but we are seeing we are seeing which studios have been better financial planners than others. Like which ones can yes. afford to sit on these things and wait, which yes. ones can't. Wonder Disney Woman coming can't. out. Yeah, I mean yeah. Wonder Woman can't coming out the same day on Christmas. Uh, you know, and I hear people on Facebook saying, oh, "I'm going to make a movie night out of it with my family, and we're going to see on Wonder Woman." And it's like Warner Brothers seems to know what they're doing with this. They're pushing it back so far, a little bit, a little bit, but not much. I see so tennis flop and go, no. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I take it back immediately after I said it because I'm a moron. Uh, but uh, like Wonder Woman coming out on digital as well as theaters Christmas Day, that's going to make a lot of money. I think a lot of people are going to rent it. Uh, pushing Dune back all the way to like October 1st. Who knows? It'll you know, give me time to read the novel again. Yes. <laughs> oh, I did the audiobook pad. It's a 21 hour audiobook. It was. Oh <laughs> Is it just it all rough. exposition? Like this you means just, this and that. God, I knew it. I knew those, it. Did you mm -hmm. use those audiobooks to like if you can't sleep? Because they're great for that. They're great mm -hmm. for that. Put, I do it for commutes to work, actually. But put yeah. It on 30 minutes, start it up. And I, I put I put Dune on uh, buck and a half speed, you know, yes, and I, I it still did not help, you know. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, here's just, here's the thing about here's the thing about Dune. Um, you know, if if they can hold on to that until next October, that's the kind of thing that you know I think Denis Villeneuve fans are really hungering for, like folks yeah. who love Twenty Forty Nine and Arrival. But to the average moviegoer who's anticipating Wonder Woman with a passion, they don't give a shit about Dune. It's, yeah. It may come out and knock their socks off, but it's not something where it's they're twisting yeah, like, wait, who cares if it comes out in October? It's not even Avatar where there's a novelty to see it because it's 3D and this or that. It just right. it's not that either yeah i'm not trying to disparage dude i'm just saying that there are other big films yeah. that are kind of safe not only because the studios can afford to wait for them but because there's not a fan outcry and that pressure they can like kind of go under the radar yeah. and yeah. batman mm -hmm. yeah. yeah people aren't passionate about dune you know it doesn't it doesn't have that name recognition like batman or wonder woman or joker or you know avengers has uh so yeah, that's not gonna do so. I I predict to sound like Chris Lowe, that the Snyder cut is gonna make a whole lot of money compared to a lot of this other stuff. Well, it's, I think that that depends on what we were talking about before. Fees. A subscriber yeah, right. fees, yeah. Right, but that also goes back to what we were talking about before. 
the free weekend subscribers. Yeah. Unless HBO Max puts a thing on there saying you can do this, but Snyder Cut is still is siloed over here. So mm -hmm. if you want the free weekend, you pay 25 bucks to see the Snyder Cut. Or whatever. Nobody's going to pay that. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, but the, the other thing is a possibility is because we're in this weird period where there's all these blockbusters that are either being put on hold or going straight to streaming. One possibility when theaters open up and people start coming back, if they start going back, in addition to the classic theaters, like, yeah, let's go see Jaws in the big screen again. Maybe it's, hey, you can go see Wonder Woman 1984 in the big screen. It's not just this weird December window. It's mm -hmm. in the middle of the summer of 2022 or something. Or, uh, you know, Tenet again. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Soul, you know, the Pixar yeah. movie. Go see that on the big screen if you want to. It could be a boutique thing. I don't know how it works as a business model, but you know, maybe there's a, a COVID film festival for blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the popcorn and the roni. Yeah. Uh, you know what would make a lot of money, but George Lucas won't do it unless, uh, I mean, even after he's dead is if they re-release the Star Wars trilogy in theaters unaltered in their original form, people would flock to see that. Or at the very least, the 95, uh, 97 restoration where they just cleaned up the special you, effects again. Yeah, no, no, no. Have the you original. Ever, um, read the article about it's nearly impossible to get the original 77 Star Wars. Yeah, I wonder, does George Lucas have them hidden where, you know, the Ark of the Covenant is and all that? You know, you're talking about 40 years ago. So a lot of right. those prints have either, even if they're in the hands of collectors, to try yeah. to show them is pretty um pretty difficult it's got to be a well, copyright nightmare too with disney owning that yeah too, so. I, well and that's kind of the thing though is to what you're saying mike i wasn't kidding about that that restoration mm -hmm. thing i'm not talking about a special edition i'm talking about what came out before then where yeah they the vhs brightened up the laser right yeah because if you put the unaltered 77 to 83 versions in the theaters especially if we're talking a few years from now yeah, uh, I don't think that gets the asses and seats that you think it's going to be. It's going to be no. for the cinephiles who are like, I want to see the unaltered, kind of crappy looking mm, 1977 yeah. version. It's for if you want to get age. right. If That's you want to get the younger generation, the people who are in love with the Mandalorian, you have to at least right. get those 95 versions mm. back in the theater. But you could watch I... you can watch them now on 4K on Disney Plus. Yeah, know, people are getting their their fill as we speak. That's true because, like, my brother in law, I watched like the unaltered version. I like put it on disc, the D specialized edition that Sky made. And, and, and Dave's like, Yeah, whatever. I'm going to buy the Blu ray. But I'm like, You're a Star Wars fan. You're not a Star Wars fan. You don't know what you're talking about. Who's Ahsoka? Oh God, <laughs> what? <laughs> you have to get that big stormtrooper glove and slap each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to make a point. What, I was going to the theater quite often in the period when, when Star Wars was coming out. Yeah. And I, and I think the original, and, and I may be, it's a long time ago, but <clears throat> I think there, the original trailer showed it to be a comedy. Uh, it looked like a horror movie originally. I don't think mm -hmm. they know, knew how to market it, you know, yeah. and, and I think, and, and I've been looking for years to see where the original trailer is, right? You know, but I, I can't come up with it. And I know it exists because I, I saw it. Well, are, are, I think it is available. Are you talking about the one with the ominous voice where he's like, in a world in space? And then it, it's, it's got this creepy music it's underneath. It's impossible to describe, but it was, it yeah. was, it was, it was, 
rendered as a comedic film. Huh. I think that was the intention the first time. It was sort of a send up of the Buck Rogers movies. Oh. And, uh, and, I, and I think in the early you know, trailers, they were using that as the, the, the template. So yeah. who knows? It may again be the addled 40. That was, yeah, that was 43 years ago. Well, that's the thing. Like those, those yeah. hardcore fans are dying off. No offense to Pat, but you're not, you're in <laughs> no, great health. No, I, uh, but, I but, the, the, but the 20 somethings that, but the 20 somethings in 1977 are the 65 year old boomers now that they don't. They like they could tell their grandkids all they want about how cool Star Wars was. They're gonna watch it in Disney Plus with great effects. Yeah. yeah, I think we all kind of fall into that class now. You know, I'm 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 30, yeah, but uh, I'm kind of in that area where I'm like, I want to see a movie on the big screen and do this, and do that, and people say, well, it's right here. I'm like, but that's not the movie. You know, nah. doesn't matter. I mean, even Christopher Nolan has surrendered a bit and said he doesn't mind if people watch stuff on their phone. And David Lynch has made a deal yeah, with it Netflix. Works on the phone, it works. Yeah, David <laughs> Lynch has made a deal with Netflix, so now people have to watch his movies on their fucking telephones. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're there now. I want to see him team up with Adam Sandler for his last contractual Netflix movie. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? That would be what, the Adam? renaissance of cinema right there. Right. Are we talking about putting Adam Sandler inside of the Black Lodge and then he sees like a decapitated version of that dude who's always like smoking weed in his movies, like talking to him? I take yeah. that. Yeah. The, um, You're writing it right now. The first, uh, yeah. the first hour of Mank was was tough sled. No problem yeah. with, with Rosebud. And I, I turned mean, it geez. off. And then the Ooh. next day I watched the second half and was enthralled. So I was like, what, what yeah. is this movie? Why is it so schizophrenic? Yeah. Yeah. You know I, I'm a cinephile and I was like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> you know, at certain <laughs> points of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that was definitely a problem. I, yeah. I, when I reviewed it, I said, I don't know who this was made for. It's, yeah, really it's for don't. cinephiles, you know, because like, well, you're, I know, you know it's for cinephiles, but yeah, but, but like, but you're right. The the couch surfer that's either never seen Citizen Kane right. or have always heard they need to see it. They're going to watch right. the movie and go, this doesn't make me want to see it, you know, and then yeah. the people who love Citizen Kane, who know it and love it are going to watch it and go, all they're fucking talking about is Joe. Where's Orson? <laughs> Where's all the fun? You know, like <laughs> there's none of that there the either. Obsession, so. The obsession with certain things in that movie blew my mind. It's like his dad wrote it. And I think yeah. it was like his lifelong dream to make it. And yeah. he got this sweet, sweetheart Netflix deal. He said, here's my first picture. It was right. written it is, by yeah. my dad. I had more fun watching. I uh, before, As homework before Mank, I watched uh, Citizen Kane again. And I had the Ebert commentary on mm. for the whole two hours, right. which was awesome. Just, I had more fun awesome. watching that than I had watching Mank. So, yeah. yeah, Mank seems like an audio commentary on a movie more than a movie. Because I'm just like, all right, yeah. am I in class? Am I supposed to know what every single thing? Like, I've seen Citizen yeah, Kane, but I'm not a Kane head. So because of that, I was so lost during it. But Well, that was... That was the point. I, you made yeah. that made a good point. I don't think even if you're into Citizen Kane, you'd be and, and I ha, I have enough experience with it yeah. to you know having listened to Ebert commentary and all that stuff. The point was, I'm watching this and I'm saying the obsession with certain things 
are throwing this movie way off the track. Yeah. You know, at I least think... in the first hour. And then the second hour, I was it was it was more coming back to it's the when point, the booze showed up yeah yeah so, yes anyway. exactly when <laughs> it's when the movie got in total fictional territory is when i liked it yeah. uh but so that's a movie to do with the movie theater is coming back well i was gonna say in my review for that film uh i said that this is a movie i want to see in a theater really badly because of the way they manipulate the audio to make it sound like you're in a theater when you're watching it. Yeah. I don't know if it was because of that or because I took an edible, but then yeah. I saw it sober. <laughs> yeah, uh. They shot it. Um, they put that movie together with uh, the audio of the times. They did a monorial uh, yeah. track where the dialogue, the sound, the sound effects, the soundtrack are on one track, no stereo. So yeah. everything is rich through old mics, you know, a lot of and, yeah, and that's Fincher being Fincher, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like that should be seen in a theater because you feel like you're in a theater watching this. And I'm like, you know, instead of feeling, feeling like I'm being in a theater, what if I went to a Netflix theater or an Amazon theater? And I think they're doing, they're going to be doing that because Netflix has already bought and, bought yeah. and run. They are, they have bought and have been running their own theaters for a year. Yeah. So it's like, how does Netflix have a theater? How would they convince people, let's go see your movie in a theater? They don't, they have like four just to get their yeah. Oscar qualifying runs so Steven Spielberg doesn't uh, yell at them. But what if they release a movie months before it comes out in the theater and then it comes out? People could say, well, I got to see it ahead of time in the Netflix theater. Yeah. The and they could do that. real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe. But yeah, I don't know what that movie is. It's going to give people in a pandemic who have all these options FOMO. Oh, because, yeah. again, it's kind of like The Mandalorian. I can wait two months to stream something, you know, I can occupy my time with life <laughs> and the other thousands of TV shows and movies that I have at my disposal that I'm already paying for. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it have to be something pretty special, I think. I thought Wonder Woman had a shot, you know, because yeah. Tenet's too obscure and too weird. But yeah. Wonder Woman is a brand, yeah. is a thing, very popular. But then, and they said, you know, they held fast to the theaters at Christmas. But then as soon as they said that and said, same day hbo max out the window that there if you really like and i guess theaters and movies have been doing this have been shooting themselves in the foot before corona for forever because we've ian and i have talked about it um that window between theatrical and and physical media that used to be six months yeah, is now yeah. 30 you know got down to like 60 days now it's like same day and There's date no well rule. now you're just asking yeah. for people just to stay at home yeah also, uh, a point was made about Tenant um, that they should have put Wonder Woman nine is eighty four in that spot to see what would yeah, have happened. Yeah, yeah, because, better um, chance. Yes, exactly. It, it, again, you know, it's like Dune. It's it has it has interest is out there for Tenant, mm -hmm. but it's not something that well, I I would say that again, and then when they sit down and watch it, they will wonder why they were yeah <laughs> I, I, missed I, their yeah. lives to see this pretentious piece of crap well that's the same thing with like um the the choices for pov you know for pvod or not like what what decides to put a price on it or not because if i don't know why disney said let's let mulan be the sacrificial lamb i would ian and i have talked about it 
I would have put that price tag on Hamilton and you would have raked money in July putting mm-hmm. 30 bucks on Hamilton because 30 bucks is still cheaper than a Broadway ticket for the first yeah. one cast. Like, and right there in the middle of the pandemic in July, grabbing new subscribers, people would pay out of their minds to watch that for $30, let alone Mulan in October. I feel well, like we should start placing bets on this, okay? So I got 10 bucks right them. now. All right, no, no. <laughs> ten, tenant bucks? No, ten that's, bucks. that's the March Madness. <laughs> that's going to be the March Madness brackets is you know, <laughs> one movie we're coming out. Yeah. But yeah. no, I the, the thing about Wonder Woman 1984, that's and I, I agree with Pat, I think that, because I saw the trailer for that in front of Tenet, and I think it was the newer trailer. I'm like, I would come back to the theater to see that. And after Tenet, I was like, I wish I could have seen Wonder Woman. But it's got sort of three things going against it. Again, not having seen it, but A, it's a nostalgia piece. So you get people going out to the theater to watch it. It's like, mm. I really miss the 80s. And now I'm stuck in here wearing a mask watching this, you know, movie. Uh, yeah. The second part is it's uh, sort of this weird, because I know Pedro Pascal plays the villain in it. And he's playing this sort of a weird Trump allegory. And he's on his way out. And people are not going to want to sit there and like think about something that's kind of passe. And the third thing is, it's a yeah. summer blockbuster coming out in the dead of winter. I just feel like people are going to come out of that movie depressed even more than if they just stayed home and rented it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Very fair like, point. Again, I think everyone's going to watch Wonder Woman with their family on Christmas. And then the conservative families who see this Trump allegory can go, oh, there go liberal Hollywood and blip, blip, blue. You know, but- I would have done that anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, gentlemen, I have to go and yes, take the dog out. That's a that's a good yes, but I think um, great to hear your guys. You I have guys to go watch so six screeners. Much more knowledge. Oh God, mm. the intricacies than I am. It's yeah. beautiful. We love you, Pat. We love you, all Pat. Right, you have a good one. And with that said, I think we kind of covered all bases with this. So I guess we might have part three in maybe six months. And I want to thank uh, Pet McDonald from Hollywood, Chicago, uh, going to walk his dog now, and Ian Simmons from kickseat.com, and Don Shanahan from Every Movie Has a Lesson. I'm Mike Crawley from You'll Probably Agree, and uh, we will probably see you on the internet instead of the movies now, because <laughs> the balcony has been uh, destroyed by the construction company. <laughs> Indeed. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Bye.